Hello, I am Jo. And I'm Tracy, and welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. You're listening to the Primal Alternative Podcast, inspiration for your evolution. Welcome back to episode 109 of the Primal Alternative Podcast, your go-to source for all things health, wellness, and living your best life. I'm your host, H, and today we have a truly special treat in store for you because I have got the incredible uh, Joe and Tracy from Additive Free Lifestyle. They originally were sister mixing And they're not just your average mums because they're passionate advocates for health and happiness. And they're on a mission to educate and empower others to reclaim control of their well-being. And since 2014, they've been leading the charge in spreading awareness about the harmful effects of additives and preservatives in our food, inspiring countless individuals to embrace a more wholesome, additive-free lifestyle. Look, and these ladies are not just taught. They've achieved some remarkable milestones in their business journey. With their Thrive podcast, with over 300,000 downloads, an innovative app, which features an additive ingredient scanner and a ton of recipes, and an impressive lineup of five cookbooks that have sold 20,000 copies worldwide. Tracy and Joe are true trailblazers in the health and wellness space. And it's such an honor to have them on the show. And their impact doesn't stop there. Their awesome website has got over a million hits a year and has over 400 family-friendly recipes. And it's a real source of go-to inspiration for health-conscious individuals across the globe. They have a devoted audience of over 86,000 followers on Instagram and another 92,000 on Facebook. Their message of additive-free living is reaching far and wide, and that's a good thing. And what truly sets Tracy and Joanne apart is their total commitment to authenticity, transparency, and integrity. They are down-to-earth girls. They don't get stressed out by the small stuff. And they're very passionate about working with brands that align with their ethos and they would never endorse a product unless they've tried it themselves and totally researched the company's values, morals, and of course, ingredients. In today's episode, we're going to delve deep into Tracy and Joe's journey. We're going to explore the pivotal moments that led them to embark on their mission and the transformative impact it's had on their lives and those around them. And we're also going to get back to basics on the additives in our food, find out how we can navigate an additive-free journey and what the significance of additive awareness is for our overall well-being. But that's not all. Stick around until the end of the episode because we do have an exciting giveaway. If you head over to the Primal Alternative um, Instagram and Additive-Free Lifestyle Instagram, page, we have got a a giveaway for a signed copy of the Additive Free Lunchboxes book, Perfect Timing with the schools just going back, and some amazing Primal Alternative goodies for one lucky winner. 
So head over to the Instagram page for details on how to enter and kickstart your own additive-free journey. So grab a cuppa, get comfy, and prepare to be inspired. Oh, wonderful intro. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> I'm so stoked to I have you on the show to say today. Where we were from. <laughs> Oh, yeah, from Additive Free Lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wonderful. And before we get into, I've got some juicy questions to ask you too today. You're you're somebody that I've followed for a long time. We operate in the same circles, but we've never actually, you know, hooked up and had a chat. So this is really, really cool. But before we get into that, I'd love to find out what did you girls have for breakfast today? We'll start with you, Joe. Okay. Well, I had run out of, I only had one egg left. So I had one egg on one piece of toast and one piece of toast with peanut butter and a protein milkshake with almond milk Mm. and about a litre of water. That sounds good. So that was me today. (laughs) And what about Uh, you? I had two corn and zucchini fritters so what I do is I make up about a triple batch of corn and zucchini fritters um, and I freeze them so I had two fritters um, with two eggs and I had a collagen drink and I had all my supplements which are about a gazillion and that was my breakfast so two eggs two corn and zucchini fritters and some supplementy type stuff sounds good well, I've just polished off two pieces of fruit toast and a cup of meat stock, and now I'll be tucking into a coffee while I enjoy my chat my chat with you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So you, you girls have got an incredible business, an incredible online business. I would love to start with, with your story. Like how did you get into it? What's it like working with your sister? Tell us the whole, <laughs> the whole story. I was only just saying to someone, we're very yin and yang. And I think that's why our business works because we are opposites in many ways, but then we think the same most of the time as well. You like not to be weird. Pictionary. Like you can't <laughs> beat us at Pictionary. We are so in sync at like so many things as sisters, but yes, but we're so opposites like Joe said. And it's funny today we're actually not wearing the same clothes, but often we'll rock up. Like we don't live in the same state as each other, but we'll rock up to podcasts and we'll both be in matching colours or we'll go to an event and be in matching colours. And we're definitely not twins or anything, but I think that's why our business works so well. The, The yin to the yang, but then we think similar as well um how did it all start so it's joanne here joe uh in 2013 my little girl she was just three years old i had a newborn baby as well um and she had a lot of behavioral issues we were really struggling she was really hyperactive um she was quite aggressive like read i remember i have to try and go back there because she's about to turn 14 but I I just remember sitting trying to read a book with her and she would try and rip all the pages um, and just like lash out, not sit still. And we stopped going places. Like I took her out of playgroup and I took her out of a little program called Mainly Music and, and we just started staying at home more and more with a newborn baby as well, like her running off constantly at the park or wherever we were. It was just a complete nightmare. Um, she was biting a lot as well. There was nothing we could do to get her to stop biting other children. It was an absolute nightmare. 
so much judgment came from that as well of being a bad parent, but there was nothing we could do to stop her, <laughs> stop her biting. Um, I had her booked into a clinic to get some testing for ADHD. My background is early years education. I've got an advanced diploma in early years education and that's what I worked in at the time. And I was just doing, you know, what you do, uh, following the processes. And I remember there being a five-month wait list to have her assessed and wait lists are even longer than that these days. And in that time, I was alerted to additives. So I actually got invited to a Thermomix demo. Don't need a Thermomix to live additive free. They do help, but not here to sell Thermomixes. But I got invited to this demo and Tracy just bought a machine and I'm like, as if a machine could be worth two grand. I'm going to check this thing out. So our brother actually babysat my daughter. I took the newborn baby along with me. And I remember um, the consultant there saying when she was making the custard powder, she said, oh, additive 102 can often be found in custard powder. And I don't like to give it to my kids because it can be linked to behavioral issues. And I, looking back, I must have seen a few things here and there, but it was enough to spark my interest that I went home that night and I Googled additive 102 and side effects. And it was everything that she was displaying. It was, it's the color yellow for those that don't know. It's called tartrazine. It was hyperactive behavior, um, aggressive behavior, asthmatic should avoid it. We were in and out of the emergency department with her asthma. Um, not sleeping, like it was just all these tick boxes. And I just kept Googling from there on and I thought, well, I thought we actually ate a good diet. Like we had meat and veggies for dinner. We had a standard Australian diet of Vegemite on toast, um, ham sandwich, a wrap, tinned gravy, you know, like we just kind of lived like, I thought people just lived <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until I started looking into everything when I realised that we were eating so many artificial additives and preservatives and I'd made this big long list of whatever I sort of found on the internet that was linked to behavioural issues and my husband was interstate for work. Anyway, when he came home, I sort of handed him this list in the door. I said, look, I don't know if this is any of her problem. Maybe it might be but I'm not sure but, you know, like what do we do kind of thing? And he said, look, let's just get rid of it and see what happens. Uh, and we threw in the bin two garbage bags full of food. And honestly, I thought we had a good a good diet. Um, and so, yeah, it just completely changed our lives. Like from that moment on, we started getting our little girl back and her behaviour just completely calmed down. She stopped being so hyperactive. She stopped getting so sick. Um, she had her tonsils out when she was only 20 months old from chronic repeated tonsillitis. She had uh, ear infections, not many ear infections, but she certainly had a couple. She had a lot of chest problems. So as I said, in and out of the ED for asthma, um, she had um, bronchitis. She had pneumonia one year. It was just constant. And she pretty much just stopped getting sick. I think from that day on, as I said, she's nearly 14. I think she's been on antibodies twice. Once was for a horrific ear infection that she got swimming. Um, and I'm saying twice because I think it's twice. I don't even know what the other one was. But like 10 years of 
being riddled with sickness to then pretty much not being sick at all has just been life-changing in itself. So that's my story. That's how it all started. That's the story. That's amazing. And and all of those um, symptoms and illnesses that you talked about, like how many times do you hear mums talking about that, you know, in the school playground or when you're having coffee catch-ups, like it's just so common but not normal and there's there's so much that can be done about it, right? Um, Yeah, I remember asking, yeah, I asked the GP. I said, like, why is she sick all the time? He said to me, it's normal for a child in daycare to be on antibiotics about six times a year. Whoa. Six. Like that's every second month. Mm. And so me being new mum and just not going about my day, I just thought, oh, okay. You know, obviously there was something in the back of my mind to question that, but you just go about your life type of thing and until you learn more. <laughs> yes, and then when you know better, you do better. But, wow, six times yeah. a year, that's crazy. And and I, I remember as a kid, you know, I was, um, you know, nothing against my parents at all because they're great, but they worked and it was an inconvenience to have. I had recurring tonsillitis as a kid. Uh, looking back now, you think, oh, dot, dot, dot. But I was on antibiotics all the time, so much so mm-hmm. to the point that I just remember what the pharmacy was like. I remember standing on, you remember those scales that you could put like one penny in and you had to weigh it up like this, like you're going back into oh, like yeah. the 80s, so <laughs> yeah. quite old now. And um, But I remember be- I remember that pharmacy and being there and you used to always get like a lollipop for being a good girl at the doctor's and you get your penicillin, then you go home, mum could go back to work. And I had that recurring so often that the doctor said, oh, if you come, if you get it again, we'll have to take your tonsils out. And that was terrifying. So I kind of stopped getting it after that because I scared myself out of it. But then fast forward into my 20s, so much gut health problems from just all of that, you know, absolute assault from from the antibiotics, which is, um, yeah, just, just such a such a horrible kind of spiral of events throughout a lifetime, isn't it? Yeah, and that's exactly what happened to me as well. I had my tonsils out at 24 because I had tonsillitis so much and really that was due to a lot of partying, lack of sleep, a lot of alcohol, um, a lot of fun times, but I did just get sick all the time and I was on antibiotics a lot and then, yeah, have them have them out at 24. Like that was the most painful thing that I've ever been through. It was absolutely mm. horrific. But I went through a full gut health reset in 2021. So we're talking nearly 15 years later because I had ruined my gut health and it stemmed back that long ago. Um, so it's a, yeah, it, until you can repair your gut health, it it can be with you forever. Yeah. So is that how the whole the whole business started from that journey and that experience? Yeah. So sorry, still talking, Trace. Um, <laughs> I was on I was on maternity leave, and when when all this came about, um, and I was just I just started making some recipes. Um, and I started, I opened a Facebook page and I started to share a few recipes that I was creating. And I started to share a bit of information about additives that I was, um, figuring out. And I would speak to Tracy a lot. And, uh, when I was due to go back to work, 
Tracy said, oh, I'll share a few recipes here and there. Like, And so she started creating recipes. And initially it started off kind of bad chef, good chef, because Tracy was still kind of using brightly colored sprinkles and, you know, not very additive free, which quickly then changed as Tracy learned more. Um, and then, yeah, as Tracy learned more, then Tracy shared more and it just kind of morphed into where we are today like there hasn't really been that defining moment of oh we're going to start a business together and it's going to be you know on this date etc it just kind of morphed into where it is we used to have a shop an online store and initially our first product was little reusable food pouches um, that you can suck yogurt out of and so we started stocking them and then the shop got bigger and then we produced the cookbook and just kind of have grown into where it is today Wow, make it just sound so so easy and so and so effortless. But I'm sure that you um you've done a lot of hard work behind the scenes as well. Um, but I love how it's oh, um... this <laughs> it's a roller coaster. Oh yes, <laughs> sure is. Um, and I but I love it's come from you know a, a real heartfelt passion and a real interest. Um, you know, and that's what kind of drives it and, and it's kind of come around organically and, and grown because people have wanted that, you know, you've got so many followers on social media who are looking for this kind of information and looking for that, you know, everybody has that warm person that says that thing that makes you go, huh, you know, like yours was the Thermomix consultant. Um, and let's get, let's get back to basics. Cause I think we've all, we all know that we want to be avoiding additives, but can you break down for the listeners what exactly additives are? Because, you know, well, what are they actually? And why are they so much part of our diets these days compared to what they were, you know, just 50 years ago, for example? Yeah, I'll take over, Joe. So, <laughs> Tracy, now. <laughs> uh, all right. Additives, what are they? They are essentially they're just ingredients that are added into our food to either make them taste better or look better or last longer. Um, and so when you think about it, there's a lot of money in the food industry and the food additive industry is worth billions of dollars. Um, and to put that into perspective, and it's growing really rapidly. So um, 50 years ago, the food additive industry was, you know, it was a little bit smaller, but so was the amount of processed foods that we had on our supermarket shelves as well. So um, as that industry grows and it's really profitable, then then more people are going to want to use it. So if you think um, last longer, so they're all our preservatives, they're the things that keep things on the shelves for months and months and months and months. We had a packet, and you might have seen this on our socials over the years, um, of spinach wraps that we had. They just lived in just under Joe's stairs or they were out in the back of my office here. They weren't frozen. They weren't even sealed up. We'd cut the top off. We'd use them in a presentation once. They were green wraps, and I don't call them spinach wraps because there isn't actually any spinach in spinach wraps. Um, they're just green from food colouring. So they're green wraps. And they, like I said, they lived just in the back of the room here and they were three and a half years, three and a half years before we couldn't roll them anymore. So that's the preservatives. Then you've got things that make them look better. So the additives that make food look better. So there are artificial food colours. They're the things that are going to attract the children to want to eat it. 
um, but they have zero nutritional benefit at all. So think about the ice creams, the icy poles, the brightly colored lollies, all the things that kids hide, the cakes, you know, the zero nutritional value for artificial food colors. Um, they're just in it to attract the eye. There's a lot of money in artificial food colors, let me just say. And then we've got um, things that taste, make it taste better. So we've got natural like herbs and spices and, you know, your, your salts and your peppers, like your broths, all the things that can make our food taste better, completely okay. But then we've got the things that can make our food taste better, like artificial flavoring and flavor enhancers. So there are MSGs and our flavor enhancers that go into food to take something that was traditionally bland and make it taste really savory um, and really palatable. And if you think something like a rice cake, that if you just ate a plain rice cake that's kind of just rice and maybe some salt and water, it's probably going to be a little bland, whereas the flavoured rice cakes and, and rice crackers, they're the ones with most of the flavour enhancers. So it's the cheap, there's a whole bunch of things that get flavour enhancers, like thousands actually, but that's a, as an example of why they would add a flavour enhancer into food. So they're the three main reasons. And I forgot the second part of your question. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really is it why they're so prevalent, like why they're there. And I think you've answered that question in the way that you described it because they make it look better, they make it last longer, they make it taste better. Yeah, essentially. And, I mean, that's all really appealing, right? Like we want our food to look great. We eat with our eyes a lot of the time. We want our food to taste great. And, I, you know, we want our food to last a long time. But the reality is it's not meant to. And mm-hmm. we need to stop expecting food to last a really long time and even – I mean, I could go down the path of genetically modified food. Um, it's it's modified mm-hmm. to make it last longer. Um, so, you know, there's there's a whole bunch there. But if we stick to just our standard additives and preservatives, um, yeah, try and, you know, like we can make things last longer by freezing it. You can preserve things. You can cure it. Um, like there's a, a different amount of, there's different ways to make food last longer. It's just not as convenient Like as in you can't walk down the supermarket shelf and buy that product. Um, You might have to do a little bit of cooking at home or a little bit of homesteading, I guess, is the the buzzword. But it's not homesteading. It's just actually what our grandparents did. Yeah, and and it's like a magic. It's magic, isn't it, when you're fermenting and, and, you know, making things last longer that way. And also the nutrient value of it just goes, it just skyrockets. It's, it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. Yeah, and I, eating I with the seasons, yeah. it allows us to eat with the seasons so much better, which is actually what our bodies are meant to do. Yeah, mm. totally. So if somebody wanted to get rid of additives or, you know, remove most of them, like it, it can be so overwhelming. And I know um, yeah. when Jo was sharing her story and she said, she, you know, she ended up with two garbage bags full of food that they were just getting rid of. Like that's, whoa, like where do you start? What, what would you recommend? Is there like a, um, some like practical steps that people can take or key ingredients to watch out for? Yeah, I took it really slow. Uh, so Joe had gone full board down that path and she was teaching me things and I was learning things and looking things up and becoming more aware. And my family at the time, my daughters were, I've got two daughters, they were 12 and 10. Um, so, you know, they learned how to, they were 
speaking back. They they could argue. They could really, you know, push the boundaries at 12 and 10, you can imagine. And uh, so I had to take it really, really slow. So for me, it was really simple, gradual changes. And the simplest things like I stopped buying bagged cheese and grated my own cheese, like the simplest of things, which actually also saved me money. Um, tomato paste is another really simple swap. The, the tomato paste in squeegee tubes often has preservatives. Tomato paste in glass jars has none. Um, what about the and- cheese? That, that's an interesting one, Tracy, because I know I used to love to get those, you know, just like, oh, somebody's grated the cheese for me. Amazing. What's wrong with that? So there's a white coating on cheese. You'll notice it when you go to use it next time. And you're like, um, it's an anti-caking agent. It's And it's not typically bad for us. Like our body does process it, but you can get a bit of bloating, a bit gassy, a bit windy. So if your kids are like, you know, gassy, windy, bloating or complaining of tummy aches, it could be the, the pre-grated cheese. Um, but it's also a cumulative effect as well. So it's not just the pre-grated cheese. It's like, if I'm using the example of that and tomato paste and then maybe some ham, uh, and then, you know, we've bought a pizza base and I used to buy like the McCain's pizza bases and then kind of load them up still on top. So here I am thinking I'm making a homemade pizza, but really I'm just like using the McCain's pizza base and loading it up and not having any awareness of what was in the McCain's pizza base, you know. Um, so it's it's this cumulative effect of it as well. And the other thing going back to additives, if I go back a second, they're not tested in conjunction with each other. So mm-hmm. each additive is tested individually from one another. And we don't, we don't eat that way. We don't eat individual one speck of food at a time. If I if <laughs> I look at the spinach wraps again, like there's two artificial food colours in those green wraps and three preservatives. So that's already you're eating five additives before you've even start, like before you've even put your fillings in it. Um, Yeah, so it's that cumulative effect as well that can play havoc on a lot of people. So, you know, you you girls have both been on an education. uh, Can I just add, I don't um, buy grated cheese anymore. Just that that was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, we've all learned a lot around food and and additives in particular. Um, There's a lot to learn, you know, where do you start, all of that kind of thing. But what would be some of the... Um, benefits like why would you what you know we've seen uh, Jo's story about the the changes that she saw in her daughter but what are some other other things that we might notice if we were to clean up our diet and remove some of those tricky additives I think a lot of mums that do our courses and download our app and do things that we have are the sometimes and a lot of the times they're doing it for their kids and I think that removing artificial ingredients can help everybody not just kids and it honestly makes such a difference to your health and wellness we're all getting older because time's going way too fast but like it just helps our body and I think if we can change our mindset from just helping the kids but actually help ourselves as well, like you can sleep better, you can have more energy, your digestive system can be better, maybe your eczema might go away. Like there's so many benefits to living additive-free no matter what age you are. It's 
like unbelievable. I know, I know exactly. Uh, uh, Sorry, Joe. I was going to say, I know exactly when I've eaten too many additives because I have complete brain fog. My legs really get achy, like I've got growing pains and I can promise you I'm not growing any taller. Um, my stomach will bloat out. Like I, as 49, know exactly when I've eaten too many additives. Now, once before, I would have just put it down to like, oh, I've had a long day or, oh, I'm really tired or, oh, it's my cycle. And it, and it could very well be my cycle. But I would have put it down to something completely different and not have, I didn't have any association to whether it was additives or not because I didn't know about them. And I guess finding out about additives, when you start looking at all the labels in the food, you're only one step away from looking at the labels of everything that comes into the household, right? (laughs) So I know that you, (laughs) it's a bit of a rabbit hole. So transitioning to a low-tox home is something else that you you guys cover. So how can listeners make practical changes in their living spaces? Because that can be the next thing, isn't it? You know, you get your pantry sorted out and then you open up under the sink and it's full of all sorts of different chemicals. So what would you suggest as some of the um, the first steps to go a little bit more low-tox in the household? And what are the potential benefits mm. of that? Can I brag for a sec? So we're currently selling our home and we had a couple, a family come through the house last night. And when they left, the real estate agent, and we came back to the house and she debriefed it on everything. And she said, they 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 said, they're the cleanest bathrooms I have ever been in. And they've been looking at houses for six months. For six months, they've been trying to buy a house. And she goes, and they don't even use bleach. <laughs> like, <laughs> she knows, she knows how we live, right? I can tell you, you can have the cleanest bathrooms that someone has ever seen without bleach and using completely natural products. Like my, uh, when you say under the bench, this is really judgmental and I'm really sorry, but I am on the Kmart page and often they, they'll share like under their kitchen sink and say, how do I tidy this up? And I just look at it and go, holy moly. Well, one, you need like two products. Um, so maybe just ditch everything. And you can just put two products under there. You can have some bicarb and some vinegar and you're good to go. <laughs> like <laughs> um, it's, it's actually really, really simple. We have a program called DIY Made Easy that takes the complete overwhelm of it. There's little videos. You can work through each room by room. And you'll notice that when you start to DIY, it's the simplest ingredients. It, they are the cheapest ingredients, like so much cheaper than you'll buy store, regular pre-made something from the supermarket. And of course, you have full control over the ingredients and they work. Like they, mm. honest to God, work. Um, I would personally start with with cleaning before food because I actually think it's so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely so much easier. I remember Tracy saying once somewhere, I don't know, uh, how clean is your house? Mm. Because if you're cleaning it with toxic ingredients, then it's just toxic, you know. But if you're cleaning it with clean, nice, toxic-free ingredients, then just changing that mindset around like what is clean and that was a bit of a, I remember you saying that, Trace, and that was a bit of a, oh, oh, yeah, like that's a good point. I, I used to bleach everything. I would stand in the shower and bleach my shower and let it run down onto my feet or I'd bleach the bath and then give the kids a bath that night. Like we've, there's no judgment from us because we've, we've 
done everything. I um, remember bleaching, yeah. like p- putting bleach in the um, the floor wash and then like having, you you know, the, you kind of get that chlorine gas in your nostrils yeah. and, and sort of having yeah. that as, a, as like, a, oh, my house is really clean feeling. Yeah, it's clean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, bleachy, it's not. Bleachy no. fresh. Like, oh, no. <laughs> and but I no, used to look- have I used to have one of those cupboards that had every product. Like I was so marketed to, oh my gosh, I was the marketer's dream. I had a product for the shower screens and then another one for the vanity and then another one for the toilet and another one for the everything. But Tracy's right. You don't need it all. You just need one homemade multi-purpose spray, one homemade glass cleaner. They're they're literally like vinegar and water with some essential oils and, um, and some bicarb. And maybe yeah. cast and Castile soap. Like you don't need a lot of products. Every time my agent walks into the house, she's like, "It smells so good in here." And I've got all the diffusers cranking, you know, like, with all those lovely oils and, behind you. But it smells amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it is. It's yeah, all my oils. Um, and of course, look, we do do DoTerra, and there's pre-made stuff you can get from them. But honestly, DIY, it is so easy and so cheap. And just start, like, just get some vinegar and go, put some on a paper towel. And wipe your glass. You'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, they were right. So, <laughs> so to, to give us an exact, can you give us like a, I don't know, like a surface spray recipe just really quickly so people can, you know, because I've looked through some of those DIY books and you've got to buy soap something or other and something or other and you think, oh, what's that and where do I get it from? It's too hard. But if if you what you're saying is true, then this sounds quite doable. So what would you what would you put in your surface spray? Yeah, can I, good can question. Oh. Okay. No, I'm going to argue. I'm I'm going to go first. So I actually <laughs> cheat, and so I do use the DoTerra laundry, um, DoTerra dishwashing up liquid. And one of the easiest ones I've ever done is you squirt some of that into a bottle and you fill it with water. Like that's actually DIY stream, um, and it works <laughs> really, really well. And the other one is there's, I mean, you can buy liquid Castile soap, but I find that quite expensive also. So I just use the dishwashing liquid because it's a really great clean formula in the dishwashing liquid um, and I just use that and it is is really great but also hot soapy water so people often say what do I wipe my kitchen bench down with I'm like hot soapy water like from your kitchen sink um, I wash my walls my floors my everything with hot soapy water mostly using the dishwashing liquid <laughs> um, I cheat and it's it's really good at shining your toilet and cleaning mm. your shower glass um, it just gets all the soap scum off because that's actually what it's designed to do is wash your dishes. And I'm like, well, it's going to mm. clean my glass in my shower then. Um, and a little bit of bicarb. Like they're the, they're, it's so easy. Like, yeah, it's really, really simple. What were you going to say, Joe? Yeah, Joe, what were you going to well, say? Well, for those that don't have the dishwashing liquid, I would use Castile soap. So just like about if you've got a 500 ml spray bottle, for example, you just need about two tablespoons of Castile soap fill that up with filtered water and then add a few drops of 100% pure essential oil. So um, lemon is a good one. That's cheap. Uh, wild orange. Now there's a lot of essential oils out there that are not pure essential oils. So don't get them because you're defeating the purpose and you don't want just a fragranced liquid, um, you know, because that's mm. what a lot of them are, just fragrance. So um, that's my favourite multi-purpose spray. And then for a glass cleaner, I do about three quarters of a bottle of vinegar and then about a quarter of a bottle of filtered water. 
and about 20 drops of lemon essential oil. And then you've got your glass cleaner. Easy peasy. And then because you've got those raw ingredients under your you know, under your sink, you, when you run out, you don't need to go to the shop and spend $7 on another bottle. You can just yeah. make one up, right? Huge savings to be had. My, that was one so of the biggest. much money. Doing it, I, I found the food easy and I found low toxing the house just really confronting. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Like oh, we, really? Everyone's got different ways to. Yeah, it was years before I thought, right, come on. And, you know, we were using the we were using the green washed earth products and stuff, you know. And yeah. I had no clue. And but I my, think that's what people don't realise is that yeah. green washing as well and and those earthy brands in the supermarket are green washed. So if they've got any type of colour to them, so if they're green or blue, for blue, you know, generally is the window one and green's generally your benchtop mm. one. There's some type of colouring in it. So you need to look into what that colouring is and what it's made from. And if it's got any type of fragrance, you want to dive into what that fragrance is. And this applies to cleaning products and food, but companies will choose, vast majority of companies, not all, will choose the cheapest products they can to put into their, um, because they want the maximum amount of profit. So food brands will choose the cheapest products they can um, so the cheapest flour, the cheapest sugar, the cheapest of everything, which means it's probably the most processed and it's the the lacking in the most nutrients because it's the cheapest as a general rule. Um, and, and, you know, your cleaning and your household products are the same. They're going to choose the lowest cost item they can. However that's been made, they don't particularly care and they will make the maximum out of profit. So when you are spending your money and we want to spend it wisely because we earn it, you know, it takes us a bit to earn it. Just think about what you're using it on, like what you're spending your money on and what are you going to get the most nutritional benefit from that or the most maximum health benefit. Like the DIY stuff, the, the side effects of using the doTERRA oils is that you get this TGA-approved medicinal plant medicine in your cleaning product. And if you're using lemon, like lemon is, is known to reduce anxiety, it's known to reduce stress, it's known for so many amazing medicinal things that are all scientifically proven. Um, and I'm pretty confident that Windex isn't that. And I'm pretty confident <laughs> that, you know, the earth choice isn't Windex. that. And they're probably going to add to your anxiety and not decrease your, you know, mm. so you can use your essential, like it's so, it's just, it's a game changer. Yeah, and to and to be spraying. I remember when I used to spray my spray and wipe around back in the day, like it would co- really make my chest really tight, make me sneeze. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not very nice at all. But now, you know, you, I, I've got my uh, got the same recipe as you, Joe. I do a like Castile soap, and I have a little bit of eucalyptus. I quite like that nice fresh smell, mm-hmm. um, and it smells lovely. You know, it's like, <sighs> it's this lovely feeling of you know cleaning is it can be actually quite relaxing when you're using beautiful ingredients yeah. that are nourishing you and not poisoning you right what a yep what a breakthrough what and a I'm sure your audience has heard, I'm sure your audience has heard it all before but what we put onto our skin absorbs into our skin really really quickly um mm. so even our clothing you know what we wear every single day is absorbing so if we're wearing a highly fragranced because we've washed it in something highly fragranced um product all day long and we're thinking babies our underwear our bras you know things that are in really um what's the right word positions on our body I guess positions on our body um that absorb a lot of things 
then, you know, we want to be careful with what we're doing, especially with our young um, daughters and, and boys, you know, where we're, where, what we're washing mm. their clothes in can, could literally be affecting their hormones and their reproductive system and so on and so on. And I don't want to freak anyone out, but that is the reality of it. And us as adult women, we use around um, 12 personal care products a day, which is around, mm. if I'm just looking at the Mecca and the the Maya and the supermarket stuff, we, we are actually physically applying to our body about 260 chemicals per day. So, and that's just personal care products. That's not then anything we go and eat, anything we wash our clothes in or anything else on top of that. It's literally just hair, makeup, um, deodorant, you know, those types of things. Um, so it is, you've got to be really mindful. And once you make switches though, they're really simple. Like both mm. me and Joe have got makeup on today. It's super low tox. Um, I've got hairspray in. I'm not perfect. I've got really toxic, crappy hairspray in actually because it, it's not an all in, but the most that we can do and the best that we can do is what we do on any given day. Yeah. Low tox, not no tox because that's not achievable. Yeah, and if you're trying to aim for that, then you wouldn't do anything at all because you're never going to get to that absolute zero. Um, so I love yeah. that. I really do love that approach. Now, I I find you two so inspiring and you've already journeyed and learned so much. So if our listeners are thinking, gosh, I, oh, my goodness, I didn't realise that it was, you know, wrong to use this washing powder. Not wrong, but, you know, I could make a better change there. I've nailed my diet, but I'm not really sure about skincare, home products. What? How can we work with you? What sorts of um, – I saw on your social media today that you're coming over to WA, you're coming to Perth for an event in March, which is really cool, which is about the time – uh, well, this podcast will be well out by then, so hopefully some people have heard and can join you. So tell us, how do we find you? How do we work with you? What are your offerings? Oh, we do a, we do a few things. <laughs> um, yes, if I would love to meet you in person in Perth, so please come along to our event. At the moment, there's only about 40 seats left, so you might want to jump in. Um, our website is probably the best bet to go to, additivefreelifestyle.com. We also have an Additive Free Lifestyle app. So our app, you can um, scan an ingredients listing. It's only set up for food at the moment. Scan an ingredients listing and then it will detect how many additives are in that product. So it will come up and say 12 additives detected and then you can click into the 12 additives and then you can read what they are and if you want to eat them or not. We've rated all the additives from green uh orange and red so safe caution risky so that you can easily see uh you know what additives are in there there's also recipes and meal plans and lots of other different stuffs in our app as well um we have got a signature program called additive free made easy and we're bringing that back in april that's that will literally teach you how to live additive and preservative free um and our cookbooks so we have a podcast show. Yes, we have a podcast show that you're about to record and be on and uh, and, and and our five cookbooks as well. Wow, five cookbooks. You're amazing. Like seriously, yep. machines, machines. So my, my final question <laughs> just to wrap up is to go back to the business side of things again. So your mums, you run businesses. Tell us a bit about how you manage your, you know, how do you fit it in? Is it, do you work full-time, part-time? How does your day look? What's, do you have a morning routine? Do you have yoga classes that you like to get to? Do you have an, a proper job as well? Tell us a little bit about how you make it all work. 
We definitely worked um, whilst we definitely worked in other jobs whilst we created the start of this business. And Joe dived in first um, to full time working within our business, and then I was a little bit later because um, I was in a really good government job, and it took me a little bit to kind of be had lose that fear of diving into my own business and working for myself. So yeah, but once we both were working full time in our Additive Free Lifestyle business, that's when, you know, that's when things took off because we could dedicate the amount of time needed to create the five cookbooks and all the different things. So we definitely both work full-time in it. And we also hire two um, part-time staff members as well who work remotely. One's uh, in Ballarat and the other one's up on the Sunshine Coast. And so they're very, very helpful as well. Um, and we outsource different things. And we started to do that right at the start as well. So for anyone that is looking at creating a business, Think about ways that you can trade work with people. Um, so you might not physically be able to pay someone money, but you might be able to mind their kids or you might be able to do trading days like that where you know you might babysit and then they return the favour, which gives you five hours to work on your business. Um, so there's lots of ways that you can trade rather than physically hand over cash for more time to work on your business. Uh, and that's definitely, I used to carpool with um uh, my kids would catch carpool with other families to get them to school so that I then had an extra hour in my day to get straight into work. Um, I'll let Joe talk in a minute. But as far as morning routines, look, it's I'm as of this Sunday, I'm actually an empty nester. Um, oh. So we're at very different stages in our lives. Um, my eldest daughter lives literally up the road and I walk her German Shepherd who's laying down here on the ground Um every single morning. And I love that morning routine for me because it works. When I was a mum driving my kids to school, that would never have happened. Mm -hmm. So my morning routine was all about getting the kids out of the house. Uh, and then I had an afternoon routine that fitted better in my schedule um, as far as getting that exercise kind of in. But now I get to do this beautiful, calm, relaxing morning. And Joe's like, I'll get there one day. <laughs> and, um, and anyone listening, you will get there one day. Um, all too but quickly. Yeah, I'm really excited. All too all quickly, too right? Because I'm just on the precipice, not quite yet. I've got a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old, not quite on the precipice of empty nesting, but friends who are a couple of years ahead of me are, and it's heartbreaking. But good, Look, but A sad. lot of people say that, but I am so excited for my children, and then I feel like, should I be sad? And why well, am I, I not I feel sad? Like you. <laughs> and... They are so ready to leave home and create their life that I am so excited for them to go oh, well out there done, and create Mom. their life that I'm not sad that they're leaving. I, I'm sad that they're leaving, but I'm not sad that they're leaving. Do you know what I mean? It's a yeah. different thing. And when my daughter bought her home and I got to watch her move in with her now fiancé, um, it's exciting. I'm so excited for them to start their life that I didn't actually get sad at all. Um, Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. She moved to that eight houses. <laughs> yeah, I said that. She literally lives up the street. It's, <laughs> like, it's not like she's moved far. You know? I hope that happens to me too. To <laughs> and then her, her youngest one's about to move to me um, on Sunday. So yeah, Libby's yeah. about to move away only for five months and then she's coming back But and finishing uni. So, you know, but it is exciting. So I do get a very lovely morning routine. And I also have a really great afternoon routine as well. <laughs> Don't ask Tracy what her routine is. Yes, I'm probably not the, the target audience that you, you're talking to. No, no, to. I want to know about your afternoon routine now. Come on. 
Um, so I have a really close friend. I've got this beautiful gym set up behind me over here and I have a close friend that comes and we work out about three times a week. And it's really great because we push each other along with, no, you can do five kilos. No, you can do seven, you know, that kind of Brilliant. thing. And we've, yeah, we so we do that. And I just get to kind of cook, cook dinner without kids going at me. And I don't know, it's just really nice. And then I did have to laugh. This will crack you up. So Joe's like, oh, have you seen this on Netflix? I'm, yep, yep. Have you seen this? Yep. Have you seen? Yep. She's like, how much TV do you watch? Got time to watch them all. (laughs) I don't have kids like anymore at home. I've got a lot of time to watch TV. So funny. (laughs) I think we're, I think we're at the same stage. I think we're at the same stage, Tracy. I've got a a sauna in my office, half, half office, half sauna and half like weights over there in step for doing body pump. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really great. And I think it's, look, I'm going to speak from experience here and sound like the nana, but the quicker that you can get into strength training as a woman, the better you will feel. I'm turning 49 this month, February, and I'm not kind of that concerned about it. Like I know I've got good strength. I've got good physical ability. Um, I've worked on that. It's not something that I've always had and it doesn't come easy to me to be physically strong. So it's, and I'm not lifting like, Go, I'm not, you know, I'm not listing in a gym lifting huge weights, but if you can absolutely do that, because it is really good for you too. But I just do what I can from home on the days that I can. And I think it's just, it is vitally important for women. So anyone listening that's earlier in age than me, don't put it off, like do whatever it is that you can do in and around your kids. Um, there were many, many years that my kids would be like in the house doing whatever they were doing and I'm doing something and they're laughing at me and, and point, pointing fixes and, you know, pointing fingers and pulling the piss out of me basically. But <laughs> I didn't care. Like, and now they're, you know, they kind of mimic, they mimic, they mimic. Mm. So mm. keep doing, keep doing the good stuff. Awesome. Love it. What about you, Joe? What's your secrets? Well, you know how I said at the start of the podcast, the yin and the yang? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm the opposite. <laughs> um, so my alarm normally goes off about 4.45 to 5 and I get up. I um, I do triathlon, so I either have swim squad or a run or a bike ride to do in the morning. So I do that um, in the morning. Then I get home, hopefully the kids are dressed and then I um, get them fed. Um, My daughter's self-sufficient, my son not so much yet, so I get him, you know, make sure he's had breakfast um, and we're in the car at 8 o'clock to go to school. I drop them off, come home, tidy up a little bit and then I'm generally in the the office or doing something for work by about 9 and then they get home about four. So that's sort of when my work kind of finishes. Um, I'll either have, a, they'll have sport. So they're all back at sport now. So like this week, for example, three days a week, they're out at their sport activity. So as soon as they're home, it's like afternoon tea, dressed into their sports gear, let's get out the door to wherever they're going. Tonight, I've got a second bike session for myself so I'll do that after dinner dinner rush dinner bed you know like it's full on my, my house is just messed 
messed up. <laughs> I spent many years doing that too. I just don't have to do it now. Mm. Um, so when Tracy's like, when I say, oh, have you watched this? Yes. I'm like, I don't even get time to turn the TV on some days. Or sometimes you know? when the kids are little, you don't want the TV on, do you? Like, no, just shh. <laughs> yeah. 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 If we bring it around to living at a free life, it was many, many, many years that we were in the car straight away, straight from school to dance lessons. Mm. And, you know, we went home till eight o'clock. And a lot of people might be thinking, well, how do I stay at free? Like, I'm not, no, I've got to buy food because I'm out and about. I was so organized. Like, I almost gave up my Sundays to cook for the week because I knew that there were so many nights of the week that I wasn't home to cook dinner that it would have resulted in us getting takeaway far too often. And that meant like I had to cook and be really prepared on a Sunday. So I had so much in the freezer that I made my weekdays really, really easy. And the same with lunches and stuff as well. Like um, especially when I was working um, not at home and when, and my kids were had a gazillion sport activities as well. And I think that's really, really important for families to understand. Like, yes, at this stage now when I'm almost an empty nester, it's really, it's a whole lot easier to live out free, but it is so still doable. You just, you do have to be a little bit more organised um, and you have to know what your week coming up or even fortnight coming up is going to look like so that you can get prepared for those crazy days that you know, like when, when they were down to Stedford's, my weeks were so frantically busy, mm. but we stayed really additive-free um, even at Dancer Stedford's where I might be there from 8 in the morning till 11 p.m. at night. Mm. And, like, we could still stay additive-free on those dates because I knew they were coming up, so I would get organised prior. I would cook soups. They were always in winter in Tassie, most horrendous time of the year. Um, but we would, you know, I would take soups and things in thermoses and have picnic and, like, I'd be the crazy mum with all the food. And, but it meant that, that, you know, we weren't eating hot chips every single day or two minute noodles or all the really terrible additive filled stuff mm. for a whole fortnight. Can you imagine my, like we all would have been off the Richter scale after a fortnight of eating that way. So um, mm. it's doable to, when you're really, really hectic. I'm just saying. I think it makes it like, cause of course there is. Like, of course there would be some hot chips bought oh, and look, canteen I- food bought, but it ma- makes it less, um, like we expensive. don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but just less mind. I was going to swear then, but you know, like you don't worry about it because <laughs> you're like, well, I'm eating really good most of the time. So if I'm going to get some to hot chips today, hot chips. but you're not whatever, living, like you're just, not living off that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I put the slow cooker on yesterday because I. Um, and then I've got enough leftovers for tonight. I'm actually going to turn it into a pie tonight, um, serve with some veggies, and it's just about being organised. And the slow cook is so good, especially, you know, we're in the heat of summer at recording this. Even in the south coast of Western Australia, it's going to be 30-something today, which is like so hot. And who wants yeah. to crank the oven on and make loads of food on days like that? But slow cookers are brilliant for those days. You can yeah, chop it all up, put so it in, good. and it's not going to heat the house up um, while it while it works as well. But honestly, yeah. Joe and Tracy, I could talk to you all morning long, but I have got another appointment <laughs> with Additive Free Lifestyle to be a guest on their show next week. We're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah, we but should, thank we you <laughs> for being so open, honest, real. You make this whole lifestyle just feel like so totally possible. So thank you so much it is. for sharing your wisdom. It You're is very, possible. Very welcome. 
That's because it is possible. Like it really is. And we're just two bums as well. And that's one of the feedbacks we get. It's like, you're so real. Thank you. And it's like, well, we are just who we are and we're just (laughs) on this journey and we're not perfect all the time, but it is really doable. So yeah, just make simple swaps, little swaps each and every day or shop once a week. You know, if you can make a swap at every grocery shop, then in 12 months' time you would have made all of these changes. Totally possible. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Tracy. And I will look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. If you want to learn how to create and sell nutritious, honest food, help more people, be part of a supportive community, and start your own home business that's in alignment with your highest values, then the Primalista license is for you. Head over to primalalternative.com to find out how this works. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.